Authentic, dependable, 100% original, Powell Lacrosse. It's the team of fun-seeking, dream-chasing people, and it's driven by the extreme passion and pure love for the sacred sport. Their decisions are not made sitting around in a boardroom conference table, oh no. They're made barefoot in the backyard with smiles on the faces and lacrosse sticks in the hands. Just like you love. Our journey through backyards, practices, tournaments, post-game campfires, and championships provides a strongly rooted foundation for the products and the creations. We're fortunate to have been uh, sponsored by Powell Lacrosse. We're very fortunate, big fans of their product, big fans of their work. Um, They've had lacrosse sticks in their hands all their lives. They know what makes good ones good, and they know what makes great ones great. They don't aim to make good, they aim to make the best. We will see you out there on the lacrosse field. Explore the trail. Thank you to our good friends at Powell Lacrosse. This is episode two. Brent, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Nick. Uh, that was a great job, by the way, reading that. Um, Adverts are s- tough. Yeah, we are sitting here outside of Sisters, Oregon. Um, didn't know this place existed. We have our uh, camping liaison, Connor, taking pictures of us right now. Um, the guy just knows how to find a good campsite. We're sitting next to... A nice little babbling brook. I see my my dog running off in the distance, just being free. Um, we got Nick's car, so just to, to let you know what our situation is right here. I'm sleeping in the van. Nick's sleeping in his car with a separated shoulder, just just being gritty. And then we got Connor um, on his throne in his earth roamer, um, nice and comfortable. And uh, yeah, we're we're having a great little morning here. A little photo shoot, some coffee to start the day. Um, now, just recording a little pod, just just letting you know what's going on with us. As far as comfort level, it, it I think, pretty clearly goes Connor, Brent, Nick. Um, as Brent mentioned, I separated my shoulder mountain biking, and honestly, I, I, I'm pretty shocked at how, quite frankly, little medical expertise goes into it. I separated my shoulder mountain biking in Hood River, which, um, when I walked into the hospital... It was really funny. They were uh, they were asking me what trail I did it on, and I was like, "Oh, this one." And they were like, "Oh, yep, you know, we we get a couple people here out, you know, out in Pros Canyon." And so it's I'm certainly not the first, and I won't be the last. But I separated my shoulder. The AC joint is gone, um, and pretty much the doctor was like, "Yeah, sling it up for about two weeks, and you'll be good." And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it doesn't require a fix. It doesn't require anything. It's like, nope, just, you know, listen to your body. Uh, If it keeps persisting, um, you know, maybe talk to an ortho about it. And I was like, okay, so I'm pretty much just free to go. I was just making up the injury the whole time. Um, But to loop that back into the point, I am currently sleeping out of the car. Now, you might be wondering why. Why don't I just sleep in the van? Why don't I sleep in the earth roamer? Um, A, uh, not enough space in the earth roamer between Connor and his girlfriend. I'd like to stay respectful of that. B, uh, Brent, you have the van fully packed. A um, lot of good gear in here, so would be difficult to sleep in the van. And C, um, I, I actually have a pretty good little setup in there. I just have the little air mattress in the back seat. Um, I got the sleeping bag. I got, got the blankets and I got the pillows. The only pain in the ass is I can only really sleep on one side. But, you know, if, if it makes sure that we can keep the the cost of these prices down for the clinics and camps that we run, it's all worth it. I've been 
for the kids since day one, not only with the Owls, but now for the youth of, of Bend, Oregon. So credit to me for, for chomping through that. Um, do you want to switch tonight by chance? <laughs> yeah, I told you, you're more than welcome. We have we have bunk beds in the van too. It, it, currently the top bunk is just, just packed storage. to the gills with, with storage and, and some Powell lacrosse gear and all that kind of stuff. But um, more than happy to, to squeeze you in here any way we can. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think this is good that we're talking about it now because one day we're going to just have a, a caravan of an Earth Roamer, an Airstream, and, you know, some other great vehicles. And uh, we're going to look back on these days and, and be happy that we, uh, we were able to grid it out here. Yeah, for all of our loyal listeners, if you have a billionaire uncle that wants to spot us an Earth Roamer, um, feel free to slide into the DMs. We'd be more than happy. You know, we, we can figure out the logistics from there. But on the last episode, we talked a little bit about Hermiston, um, about the community there. What a fantastic place. Um, not necessarily for the natural beauty, but for the beauty of the people and the lacrosse community. Loved every second. Um, very much felt like home. Interestingly enough, one of the things that we do on the road, or at least what we try to do, is hit uh, the diviest dive bars. And before you get in our face about it, we abide by COVID protocol. Um, We make sure that we are staying safe um, because we know that that is a very, very important thing for us is the health and safety of everybody that we coach. So with that being said... We found the greasiest dive bar that I've ever seen in my entire life. It was called the Hermiston Tavern, a windowless one-story building that had two pool tables and a number of characters in it. Uh, Brent, I'll just kick it over to you for the rundown because I was almost asleep at the bar at that point, but you were really enjoying it. It's a shocking, shocking moment walking into the place. Uh, First off, you walk in, just get punched in the face by a cloud of, of cigarette smoke. Um, you know, I think one of the, the key factors to any good dive bar. And then, uh, you know, all eyes are kind of on us. We both have our clinic sweatshirts on, so we, we look like we're just from out of town. And uh, within 30 seconds, a guy comes up to us and gives us the whole, hey, you, you guys aren't from around here, huh? And then, uh, you know, he, he proceeds to tell us how he's from Boston. He's been here for about six months and looked like the guy had been living there his entire life. Um, but he's playing pool. With uh, I think I think his name was Juan, um, about a seven-year-old um, Hispanic fella that was an absolute pool shark, and these guys are the best two pool players I've ever seen in my life, um, and they're just you know buzzing through games, and we're just sitting there um, having a chat with um, oh I forget this guy's name, but he was uh, a mechanic at Walmart, um, and he's just you know just salt of the earth guy. Um, super friendly. We sat down, had a couple beers with them, um, and just took in the sights, took in the scenes, the smells, just just really got ingrained in what uh, a dive bar in Hermiston, Oregon looks like. Um, yeah, it was a good, good little scene there. I'm I'm always a much bigger fan of the dive bars than I am the, than I am the you know fancier bars. Mm-hmm. And there there's something about it. I, I couldn't really point my finger to it, but. Really, just like the setting, you know, no one's gonna give you shit or you know, like be um, you know, bullshit you at a dive bar. If anything, they're gonna be over honest. Um, drinks are always cheap, it was two bucks for a beer there, cash only, of course. Um, and honestly, like just, just walking into a good dive bar, there's if, if you don't really know, it's it's pretty difficult to explain, but it feels like, especially for us. You're walking into a place where you are kind of walking into, uh, you know, some equals. 
No one's going to be above you. It's not a game of who's who. It's a game of can you have a conversation? And if you can, you'll fit right in. Um, and the more we explained, we were like, yeah, you know, we're kind of greasing it up. We're, we're lacrosse players. They were like, what is lacrosse? Um, we had to explain a little bit about that. But, you know, when we were explaining, yeah, you know, we're kind of just living off the road. I'm living out of my car. Brent's living out of the van, uh, you know, for the rest of the month. It was funny because some people hear that and they go, huh, like, why? You're professional lacrosse players, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I'm like, well, why? Because, you know, this is the only opportunity I'll have in my life to be able to do something like this as far as I don't have a wife, I don't have kids. Um, I do have a girlfriend, and, you know, as that kind of ramps up and gets a little bit more good serious, save, um, you know, I'll, I'll have to, uh, you know, forego some of the freedom of being on the road. But for right now, I couldn't imagine doing anything else as far as living out of a car and, and, and going to dive bars. And if you're judgmental about that, you know, I certainly see where you're coming from. But, you know, at a, at a dive bar, and especially the Hermiston Tavern, they were more curious about the story than they were getting caught up in any of the details. So that's one of the main reasons why I love the dive bar is whatever story you have to tell, uh, they'll listen and they'll tell theirs. And you're just going to have an interesting conversation start to finish. Yeah, and we're, we're on a search, too. We want to we wanna make sure that we're, we're going out into these communities and and seeking out these establishments and and telling you a little bit about them uh so you can stop there one day um so hopefully uh you know we get a good book of reviews going and uh some good stories to to go along with them yeah we we have a couple plans regarding that um it is difficult to just walk into a dive bar as outsiders and just start taking pictures um (laughs) so it might have to be more written and spoken word but it um that one certainly is at the top of my list of like the the diviest dive that you ever saw in your life, um, but no, I mean again it was a fantastic experience. We had a couple mini individual lessons the next morning, grabbed a breakfast burrito and hit the road. Um, I don't know about you, I was exhausted for a good majority of the drive from Hermiston out to Bend. Even though we took a uh, took a little detour, posted up by the river in Maupin, M A U P I N, Oregon, big rafting town. Uh, my sister used to live there and do uh, guided raft tours right out of college. You know the the whole find yourself. I don't want to work for the corporate. Um, enterprise, I'm going to go be a raft guide. So I knew a little bit about Maupin. Um, honestly, similar to Hermiston, I wasn't completely blown away, um, but didn't really have enough time to figure it out. We just took a nap down by the river. Um, why did you stop there? You kind of led me to that point. Well, she recommended it, and I just... Oh, that makes know, sense. I had never really seen high desert like that. Um, the, I mean, the wind was whipping right through there, but uh, again, the, the, the drive from you know, Hood River to Hermiston to then to Sisters was just, I mean, Oregon is extremely diverse in the landscape and it's been really cool to kind of explore it. And um, I'm excited to see what else uh, Oregon has to offer and in Bend. I hear tons of great things about Bend. Um, We're just about 30 minutes outside of Bend right now. So I'm really excited to get there and, and see what's going on. Well, and the interesting thing too, I was very tired because, um, it was my birthday on Monday. Oh, yeah, pretty it's not, great. It's not anymore though. No, it's not. But I will be milking that for a while. But uh, to your point, I feel like everybody says, "Yeah, you know, you see high desert, you see this, you see that." Until you're actually driving and it changes, it does blow your mind. Where I've, um, I, you just take a screenshot from the drive a half hour apart. I would have thought we would have been in different countries, let alone different right. regions. 
Um, so yeah, excited to check out Bend. We've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, if anybody's listening and has recommendations, let us know. We also have some exciting plans. We have two days of good camps. Um, one with Summit, uh, Summit Youth Lacrosse on Saturday, and then Thump. Um, Thump is a coffee company that we um that we know pretty well in the area at this point. But they're a coffee company primarily, and the founder, I believe, is a big lacrosse guy. So he kind of leveraged his connections in Bend and uh, you know his network through being a business owner and started a lacrosse team. Um, I'm pretty sure they're like a summer travel ball, but um, the season's getting ramped up, and Thump decided to put on a clinic for us on Sunday. And then after that, we're actually going to go over to the Thump headquarters and do... Um, I can't remember, like, the, the coffee version of a sommelier is going to take us through, like, a, co- a coffee tasting of a couple different kinds of their uh, of their roasts. And then um, Taryn Denny, who runs the Thump Lacrosse program, we're actually going to have him as a guest on the episode on Sunday. And he's just a phenomenal guy. He was telling me a little bit about Bend, about how Thump is ingrained into the community and about what their lacrosse team strives to achieve. And he's one of those guys, and we're going to try and identify this in every place that we go. But what I love about him is that we really bonded over the initial connection of, all right, let's just try to make this an accessible sport and let's make it fun first and then um, knowledgeable and productive second. I feel like one of the things that you can get caught up on, especially as we try to go around, is overloading kids and trying to make it this huge rush to go accomplish something on the field when first and foremost one of the things that you need to do is just associate the word lacrosse with the word fun mm-hmm. um so we we dialed in the practice itinerary for him um we're, we're very excited to have eli gobrecht and kai out kai the japanese national team goalie eli gobrecht um division three player national beauty yep all-time beauty so no, we're we're really excited to stay tuned for our interview with Taryn um, coming up. But no, I mean Bend Bend is a pretty damn um, interesting town just from the conversations I've had about it. And we're going to be doing some brewery hopping and anything like that. What's one of the go tos that you do, Brent, when you uh, when you go and check out a new town? Oh, I think I think coffee shop is definitely up there for me. And coffee, that coffee. That doesn't yeah that doesn't uh, speak to my knowledge of of coffees and tasting coffee and stuff like that i i'm happy at a coffee shop or 7-eleven getting a cup of joe I, I don't have a very sophisticated palate when it comes to coffee so um but yeah i think checking out coffee spot i, I like checking out the field that we're going to be coaching just kind of getting a sense of how we're going to set up day of clinic um and yeah just uh getting the lay of the land i, I really enjoyed getting my bearings and driving around aimlessly for a little bit um before before getting into coaching or um you know, whatever events we may have, we're actually admittedly going to be a little um, not gritty and get an Airbnb for the weekend just because we have a couple couple guest coaches coming in. We want them to be comfortable. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I, I can't speak enough to how crazy it's been driving around and seeing the different landscapes. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge, huge, um, you know, just travel um aficionado i guess you could say maybe maybe not that that kind of makes brag. me makes me yeah sound a little more braggy but i i just i like seeing new places and, and it's part of the reason that i'm i'm so gung-ho about about doing clinic is i want to see all these new places i want to meet new people i want to um you know find out the best campsites in the area and and find out the the cool breweries to go to um and yeah just just uh keep on exploring this beautiful country we got here 
I like to go drink to check out a town, personally. You'll never know anything that about a town my, until that, you that talk was, to their bartenders. That was in my explanation. No, it wasn't. You were talking about coffee, and you were talking about being an aficionado. I'm just... Yeah. Put me up at a bar. I'll go grab lunch, have a couple beers, talk to the bartender, and then go from well, there. I'm just more cultured than you. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's true, but whatever. Um, unfortunately, one of the things that we're noticing across Oregon, too, is that it's it's a unique place in, you know, the sense of the landscape and all the other, you know, completely low-hanging fruit that we could talk about. But it's a place that is unlike um, others in the sense that when you're competing uh, to grow a lacrosse program, you're not just competing with other springtime sports. You're competing with mountain biking, you're competing with skiing, and you're competing with, um, you know, outdoor, not just team sports. So one of the things that we've noticed as we talk to coaches and directors across the state is that unfortunately registrations are down pretty significantly, actually. And while that's certainly noteworthy, um, I don't know. It's interesting because in the same way that some of the Colorado rules that have come out around high school sports, I was just learning that fall sports just wrapped up, uh, specifically football just wrapped up last Friday. Lacrosse season starts uh, this upcoming Monday, and then springs or uh, and then winter sports start two weeks after that so it goes fall then spring then winter sports so there are a lot of programs that are struggling to get uh especially high school programs that are struggling to get good numbers for their teams because there are people that are foregoing you know if you're a basketball player and that's your primary sport and you just do lacrosse as uh you know something to stay in shape a lot of kids are going to forego their lacrosse season to stick to basketball or wrestling or whatever winter sports are um you know, kind of ingrained in. So those are some of the hurdles that I've been noticing. And while I don't know the, um, well, I don't know the, you know, really solution to it. I know that there are some parallels between that and some programs that we work with in Idaho that have seen registration numbers skyrocket since COVID got up. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we're going to try and do is take what we learn in Idaho, talking to some of our contacts there and try to implement them and bend, or at least try to bridge the gap of information and connect these two lacrosse communities to make sure that, um, they at least are aware that they're adjacent communities that are struggling with the same problems. Idaho seems to be overcoming it a little bit better, whether that's a state regulatory, you know, beneficial, beneficial um, response or whether it's, you know, a, another factor. That's something that we're looking to dive into. Yeah, I think it, our our role here is just to try and create some excitement around getting back out in the field. I think, you know, what you're talking about with the communities in Oregon, um, you know, they're so young in their programs that taking, you know, a year off of playing lacrosse, they've probably either gone back to what are the other interests they've had, whether it's a sport or, um, you know, doing Oregon things like farming and <laughs> working for your, uh, your pop's company or something like that. Um, but I think the best thing that we can possibly do is, is just get out there and, and create some excitement, get people playing again, um, whether it's you know outside of their their spring season, I know there's still a couple programs that are and leagues that are canceling their season. So we're trying to be a solution, an alternative to that, um, and really just w when we approach a, a certain community or coach or um, you know organization, we're saying we want to come in and figure out how to coach in any way we can. You know whether that's a small group session, a clinic, uh, a, a few day long camp. Um, a practice takeover, whatever it is, we want to be involved and, and want to have some kind of part in, in getting us 
back on the road and, and you know, hitting the ground running once things are completely opened back up. Obviously, that's, that is, that's going to be kind of a slow process, a gradual process, but um, we believe that we can help that. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to, to, you know, get kids back on the field and, and running around and smiling and having fun. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's tough all around because who are we to come in and say like, yeah, you shouldn't mountain bike, you should play lacrosse. Obviously, we're biased, but to be an asset to any lacrosse community, I think is going to be the most important thing. Um, and you know, figuring out a way to make that scalable. You know, to to talk about it in a business perspective, it's going to be difficult to give each location that we're in. When we've been to Louisiana, Florida, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, uh, Utah, Colorado. Um, Montana, Wyoming, um, among others, is we're just going to try and figure out a way not to spread ourselves too thin and to be a resource, particularly particularly to the coaches in the area. I think that's one of the things that I notice. Um, like when you sign up for something online lacrosse related, you know, it'll be like 75 bucks for, you know, like a wall ball routine or something like that. And I don't think, you know, it's things are tailored enough to the to the coaches of the region. And I think that's hopefully one of the things that we figure out with a couple of our PLL buddies is how to put together a cohesive, digestible way to help coaches online because online certainly isn't as good as in person. But if we can show up to an area like Bend Put on some kick-ass clinics, um, really raise the excitement, but also have a way to follow up and facilitate some actual growth in the area from the coaches' perspectives. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's the tricky part, and that's what we're going to have to figure out over the next couple days. Yeah, um, and I, I think I think you touch on uh, another goal of ours, right? Is to just learn the landscape of the lacrosse communities that we're going to you know what what's going on in idaho and the problems that they're facing aren't necessarily what's going on uh, you know in the growth of lacrosse in oregon so you know learning and talking to coaches and um, we were talking about it a little bit uh this morning next to a fire cozy little fire Mm -hmm. um you know i i see those guys as so so valuable in trying to do what we're doing with clinic and and learn the area we call them you know our keystone contacts the guys that know Everybody in the area, they, they're ingrained in high school coaching, youth coaching, club coaching, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and for the most part, the markets that we go to are very, very acceptable and, and willing to share us. You know, they, they don't want to just have us come in and only work with their players. They want to see the sport grow. Dude, politics right? in, in lacrosse is obviously oh, ingrained, it's, it's, but... Sometimes you run into it and every everybody says I don't play politics and when they say that that's when uh, that's when you know that they're probably playing the most. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just unbelievable, but you know, that's that's one of the things we're actually looking into, you know, to to lift the hood up a little bit on what we're considering is kind of hunkering down in an area for, you know, at, at least a few weeks at a time to really implement some consistency instead of just showing up and doing kind of, you know, a one and done with an online follow-up. Um, I love the idea of like trying to facilitate round tables for, for different and various areas where, Hey, you're not playing politics. All right. Well then you would have no problem joining, you know, your rival high school, uh, coach for a dinner that Mm -hmm. Brent and I are at to talk about, you know, the best way to play man down or or something, you know, whatever the example is, but it's, it's, it is fascinating to hear all the people say, I don't play politics and then not be willing to have a conversation with, with a team just because, you know, like their, their sons are on different programs that, that always kind of blew my mind. 
Yeah, I think, and again, we, we want to go to these emerging markets and, and you see all the saturation in a, an area like Denver, right? I just moved out of Denver, um, trying to be, trying to be, uh, you know, full time on the road and, and get in front of as many coaches and players as I can. Um, but you, know, you always, you always find some of that in the, in these, even in these smaller markets, but, um, I think for the most part, the sentiment has always been we want to grow the game. We want our players to have, you know, a, a good community to, to be a part of and for them to be able to, you know, take the game to either the next level or just be a part of, of something special. Right. That's the, the beautiful part about sports and what we're trying to foster here is is, you know, being a part of a team means the world for a lot of these kids and doesn't matter how many kids are in the program they're they're playing they're showing up they're learning they're they're having fun they're you know engaging um and that's the the best part for me right is is literally just meeting all these kids and and parents and coaches that are so appreciative that we're there um you know it's a very fulfilling thing that that um i'm doing in my life right now and uh yeah i plan on doing that as much as i possibly can well, I get I get frustrated too with hey, it doesn't matter what level of lacrosse you achieve. If you're putting in the work to be a part of the team, you'll get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like as it relates to high school kids, I'm like, listen, you could be the worst player on your team. If you're funny and you just try and bust your ass, like you'll <laughs> leave that season with with quite a few friends. And I know uh, I was explaining this to to a couple kids in Boise. I was like, "Listen, you know that that kid that you hate right now. Guess what? You're, you're both playing lacrosse mm-hmm. in Boise in high school. Mm-hmm. That is a small enough community to where you have to put whatever bullshit you have aside, and um, and just know that the first day that you come back, you know, on on winter break." Whether you guys are playing in college or not, you're going to run into each other at the bar. You're going to realize you have more in common than you don't, and you're going to be like, "What the hell were we doing?" Hold on, do we need to call Zion? <laughs> it's getting a little far. We got it. We got a. There? We got a dog issue. <laughs> no, we're, we're good. good. We're good. All right, we're good. Um, but no, it's like, yeah, what can I do to get my kid to go D1? I'm like, first off, that shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be to make your kid a good person. And second off, if he's a good kid, guess what? So many people that I know in the lacrosse community, their first job came from a teammate's dad. Their first internship came from a teammate's, from a you know, from a parent's mom, or like you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, I just get a little frustrated with the. Yep. Always seems to to come back around the the connections that we've made, whether it's in business or or just in the coaching community, coaching lacrosse. Um, you know, they they just keep presenting themselves and. In ways that uh, you know we def- we didn't expect at all. You know the thump l- thump coffee guys are are lacrosse guys, and they're also connected with Powell Lacrosse, who is now fueling our trip. You know it's it's a tight knit community, and and again, if you if you put in you know your your full effort and your full attention to it, it'll it'll prove to uh, you know give give you a lot back, and uh, you know I agree. That's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. I agree. Um... Well, final note, um, just to give you a bit of a background, the two dogs that we're with right now are Zion, uh, who is a, what, a Malmute, husky wolf looking husky, thing? Husky, yep, mostly husky. But yeah. There's some wolf in there. He's pretty much a wolf running around. Mm-hmm. And then we got uh, our business partner, Connor's dog, Jam, 
who is just, he looks like a fruit bat. He's the cutest little son of a gun I've ever seen. Big old ears, completely black, um, and just a phenomenal dog. So we're just kind of sitting there watching them. Um, Also, just to wrap up this episode, uh, these first two episodes, we just wanted to give you the lay of the land, tell you a little bit about little bit about what we're doing but i think these are going to be by far uh two of our most boring episodes um we'll start getting some guests on we'll start getting into the flow of things um bear with us hang with us we're getting used to it you're getting used to it um and if there's anything that you want access to anything that you want to you want us to talk about feel free to dm us and email us you know we'll put our contact info out there actually i was getting the clinic twitter account fired up and i tried to put the birthday as october of uh 2000 or um 2019 because that's when the company started but because clearly you can't be a two-year-old with a twitter account that account is temporarily suspended so i'm going through the process of unsuspending that and then uh, i'll start driving some engagement um as you know i usually do the other podcast uh the post game which i'll be talking about this podcast on that one and we're going to start looping in a lot of our uh, a lot of our pll buddies a lot of the community leaders in these lacrosse towns and um i'm excited i'm really excited we're uh we're camped out right near a little babbling brook we got a fire going and i'm hungry yeah what do you want to do today uh we we have a little bit of work we got to talk about our online products and our contract yeah yeah we do tomorrow we can have a little bit more of an off day but we got some work to do today going on a hike all right we'll have fun um all right thank you that is a wrap on episode two and to to cut you out we're going to try and do a little something new here whether it works whether it doesn't i don't want to hear any crap um we just have this beautiful sound it almost sounds like you know the too good to be true sound machine of a, of a river so we're going to go put the microphone near the river and and uh our outro music will be a soft soothing little babbling brook thank you to powell lacrosse thank you for them uh thank you to them for fueling our our trip and we will see you soon.